Thank you for downloading the Parent's Guide to 13 Reasons Why podcast with Danny Huerta from Focus on the Family. For more parenting advice from Danny and other experts, visit focusonthefamily.com slash parenting. Hi, everybody. I'm Danny Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. And the Netflix program, 13 Reasons Why, has gained a lot of attention among young viewers. And it's opening up important conversations to more sensitive topics with our teens today. The main character was bullied by her classmates, and it resulted in disastrous circumstances for her. On today's episode of Parents' Guide to 13 Reasons Why, we're going to talk about bullying and cyberbullying, the impact that these have on our teens and ways we can help them deal with these issues. Joining me today are Focus on the Family Counselors, Christina Chismar and Glenn Lutchens, both of whom work with teens, have worked with teens for many years, and know firsthand the struggles that teens face. Christina, Glenn, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to have you here. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. Great to be with you, Danny. All right. What exactly, Christina, does bullying look like? What have you seen? Well, bullying is really aggressive behavior from one person to another. Um, We see a lot of physical confrontations, threats, intimidation, name-calling, spreading rumors, or simple exclusion of other people. Um, It's really something that makes people feel that they are not welcome in their peer group. This is such a sad reality within school today. I just think of my own son and my own daughter and thinking about what messages they get throughout the day. And now we expand it to a social world. Glenn, tell us about cyberbullying. That's a scary place. I think as a parent, I begin to think of my children being on, on, on phones, on social media platforms. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the the modern electronics and modern communications just really intensifies the damage that can be done. Uh, Think of maybe a a person's comment one to another, but magnify that times thousands. uh, And and you get a little flavor of what it's like to to have bullying really uh, focus in on you and really, really be destructive. You know, there was uh, a a young kid uh, recently in my, my son's class, and uh, he was sitting alone at, at the lunch table. Uh, he's a special needs kid, uh, very awkward socially. He's, he's been over to our house, and uh, my son has tried to include him in, in many things. And there have been some mean comments said to him. And what, what touched me and made me actually really teary-eyed is my son, actually the assistant principal called us and said, you know what, your son did something really good today. And uh, he noticed this boy and went over and sat with him. Hmm. And then some other kids went and sat there. But this, this young boy has endured quite a bit, and his mom has shared that with us, yeah. just uh, off to the side. And so I'm wondering, in your counseling practices, what have you heard about bullying and cyberbullying? Have you heard some clients going through this, and, and oh, have you absolutely. stepped into that with them? Yeah, I mean, I've had several clients who have been bullied. I think of um, two cases, actually, that I've recently had where they've been in church youth groups and have been bullied. And unfortunately, a lot of bullying is sneaky. It's out of the sight of adults. And so even though there may be a lot of awareness and a lot of education about anti-bullying and no bullying, it's still happening when nobody's looking. Do you think that parents can recognize this? I mean, are there 
certain things to look for if they're not going to share, if they're not going to be thinking about it. I think it worries me as a parent. Well, how am I going to know if my child's being bullied uh, or if it's just, you know, my child's stressed? Well, I think that's really where the open communication between the parent and the child is, is really crucial. Just even asking open-ended questions, you know, tell me a little bit, what, what is it like in school? Are there times where comments are made that are, that are hurtful, that are said between kids? You don't have to necessarily just ask them, is this happening to you? Although that's not inappropriate either. But just getting a feel for, are, are comments made that are critical and put-downs that really formulate the aspects of bullying? Right. A lot of kids have seen it, um, even though they haven't participated in it. So asking them, what have you seen or what have you heard is a good entrance way into what's going on. Have you been bullied yourselves in one way or another? Would you guys think that in in your past you could think back? Yeah, I can think of a particular time in high school where the person you didn't want to have see something saw it and uh, commented numbers of times uh, about it and and just was really hurtful. I think for several weeks I was just really uh, kind of withdrawn because of that. So the withdrawal, that's something key to look for, that change, right? And somebody Mm -hmm. that is is, is feeling that, uh, I guess, dreading going to school. I would dread going to school if I felt that. Christina, have you experienced that? Oh, yeah. I remember a time when I had some girls that were spreading rumors about me, and I didn't want to go to school at all. And every morning I would just, I would beg to stay home. I'd come up with stomach illnesses. I would try and make myself throw up. I'm like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school because I just couldn't face what other people were saying and talking about. And that, man, several kids talk about tummy issues mm-hmm. at a young age. You don't yeah. hear teenagers saying that. But they say, my stomach hurts. I don't feel good. Yeah. That's a good warning sign. I think the ripple effect is pretty amazing on bullying, how it affects our perception of others. I remember a, I went to a camp in fifth grade, and this girl, I wrote her a note, you know, one of those crushes, and I said, Hey, I you know I think you're cute. Uh, will you be my girlfriend? And she wrote back and said, "You're fat and ugly. Hmm. You're a geek, mm-hmm. right. something like that." And I knew that wasn't a truth to me at that time because I hadn't heard it from someone, anyone else. But her response carried more weight than other people. So it can be even in that situation, or even in families. Right. There's bullying. So what what's a warning sign if let's say our children are with a friend and there is bullying in a family, what, what, what can we look for in that? There are a lot of different things and sometimes they'll also be similar to just depression in general. So it's kind of hard to know, is it bullying or is it other, other elements? But just seeing changes that take place, change in eating patterns, either eating more or less, um, just a, a silence, um, a tendency to withdraw, I think those are some characteristics that are more common. Excellent. So what, what do you both think are good ideas for us as parents to build in our children if they are going to probably face something that constitutes bullying most likely? How, how do we prepare our kids for that? Well, I think that it's important to teach kids how to be safe and communicate safely when they're with their peers. You know, bullying can happen at any time. And being aware of what you would do if it happened um, can be a way to prepare kids so that they know how to interact with it if it does. So even if your kids are not currently being bullied, use education and get some ideas of 
okay, well, what would you do if, if somebody said this to you or somebody did this? How would you handle it? What are some things that, that you can do in order to keep yourself safe if you were approached by a bully? So as we have on the Parents' Guide to 13 Reasons Why, uh, the download that anyone can get for free, we talk about being a noticer, and that's what you're talking about, Christina. Noticer of what's happening inside of me. Mm-hmm. How do I prepare myself for messages that come? What other messages have I heard? And for kids to understand the emotions that come up with somebody saying something. If it's a compliment, we feel really good. Mm-hmm. If it's a criticism, we feel bad. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that the, what has been said is true? And that's what you're saying, the noticer in a child. Right. So. What else can they notice in that? How can we prepare kids to notice what is happening when a bully is saying something? What What is there as far as compassion, empathy, understanding? What do you think? Well, I, I think that um, we have to notice whether or not the person who is being the bully is being bullied or hurt in another way. So we know that people who are being the bully are oftentimes either being bullied at home or being hurt in another atmosphere or another situation. So being able to notice that and see if you can be a form of help to get that person help. Wouldn't it be interesting, what if they were a builder to that person? If you have empathy and compassion, maybe give us a practical idea of what happens in our own minds when we see someone else through a lens of, of, of compassion and empathy rather than I'm a victim to you? Well, I think it, it, it lets an individual recognize that what's being said is not accurate and true. That their comments, if they can understand why a person may say them, if a person's not feeling good about themselves and so they lash out at another person, if I can understand that that's what's going on, then the power of the words tend to be less. What do you tell your clients, either one of you, when they are dealing with this, they're depressed, they're maybe even potentially suicidal with Mm. this? How do you enter that space with them and equip them when they can't see that empathy? Well, you want to provide for them an empathetic ear so that they have an outlet. You certainly don't want the person who's being bullied to go and, and communicate their hurt and harm to the bullier. Uh, because that's just gonna that's just gonna intensify it even that much more. That's exactly what the bullier wants to do, mm-hmm. and uh, so but but the child needs an outlet. So being able to express that. I remember one individual I was working with, and uh, there were certain behaviors on the part of the individual that probably intensified some of the reactions against him, but helping a person understand how their behaviors may uh, affect. It doesn't justify what others are doing, their bullying behaviors, but it may help them understand how their actions can mitigate it. What helped you when you were being bullied? What were a couple things that, that people did around you that helped you get unstuck from feeling like you needed to be isolated? I think it was uh, the, the home experience was positive. I can't remember who I told or what I you know, if I shared it with, with many people. But when you have a home experience that's building up and encouraging, it certainly mm-hmm. diminishes the power of one person who's being, you know, making, making comments that are not called for. Right, having that, uh, that home, the right. home environment. Right. Like, Christina, you said a safe home environment where you can share things but also receive the support, right. empathetic support. When, when, at what point does a parent decide, hey, you know what, we need to seek professional help. This has gotten out of hand. 
And we were talking about the counseling office. Obviously, mm. this comes into our offices on a regular basis. How does a parent decide that it's time? It's time to go. Well, I think um, one thing that you're going to look for is when your child is exhibiting behaviors that show that they're being traumatized by this, like they're not sleeping, they're not eating, or you're seeing a personality change. Um, It's one thing if your child has had something done to them, like, okay, somebody bullied me. It's another thing when your child starts thinking, I am somebody who's always going to be bullied. And they internalize that as their identity of their worthiness starts to go down and and they're not willing to see the truth about themselves. I think that's something that needs an intervention by a clinical counselor. You know, I think what gets confusing with parents is when a child says, uh, loosely, I just, I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And when, when does a parent know that that's serious it's always serious. And, and what if a child, you know, let's say, I mean, I've had this with children in, in my practice that use that as a, I'm just really upset about something. How do we help a child communicate mm. more clearly what they're feeling instead of always, I'm, you know, I'm going to kill myself. That is, that is a common term with junior high kids. And I've heard that come through my counseling office and also with some of the kids I've coached. They fail and they say, I just want to kill myself. And they're not saying it seriously. They're just using it loosely. And we tell them, hey, take it seriously every time. Yet sometimes it's just said loosely. How do we help I think asking the question, tell me what you mean by that. Right. What's going on inside? And and allow the person to express themselves clearly and freely and uh, where you're able and willing to hear whatever they have to say. Then, Then you can kind of... Uh, differentiate between when it's just, you know, a comment and over-exaggeration or a person really is having some some self-destructive thoughts. And it's normal when, um, I mean, if somebody is using, I just want to kill myself out of frustration, there's still the fact that we have uh, teens and um, young young people that are, are making a spontaneous decision in that moment of, I just want to kill myself. And it may be said in the heat of the moment in, in anger or just, you know, attention getting, but then within an hour, it turns completely lethal. So I think, like Glenn said, it's important to ask the questions and not just bypass it. Excellent. So I, really what I'm, what I'm hearing from both of you is building a safe, loving environment that also has, has an openness, mm-hmm. encouragement, and also an identity that's built on truth for kids, right? Well, I mean, and it's... part of that truth is how precious they are to the Lord. I think of the verse in Zephaniah that talks about how God delights over us with joy. And if we can really um, be, be, be able to express that to our kids and affirm that, that they're, they're a delight to us. Now, do they need discipline? Sure, they do at times. But that they're, we love them. We love them just as they are. They don't have to do anything to change that. And that, that creates a level of acceptance, which I think goes a long way as far as how they deal with individuals who might bully them. Yes, the bullying creates a, a lot of uh, issues between ch- children themselves and who they are and also with, with other relationships. Where can somebody call if they need to talk a little further about this? Can they call Focus on the Family? Yeah, they can give us a call at 1-800-A-FAMILY and uh, ask to speak to a counselor. We'd love to have a time to just talk with them and pray with them if they would like to do so. Excellent. Glenn, Christina, thank you for being on uh, the show with us today. 
Appreciate that. Absolutely. Good to be with you. And for you, our listener, be sure to check out focusonthefamily.com slash 13 reasons. And that's the parent's guide to 13 reasons why, where you have these uh, just a, a download to have important conversations and you can have more information on bullying and ways to equip your child to handle it. You'll also find a handy reference guide that captures all we've talked about here and much more. Again, that's focusonthefamily.com slash 13 reasons. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll talk again soon.